0: Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Well, turning your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you, even though it's Sunday night, we're in the house of God. I realize this is the first time some you've been to church over the weekend. This is like my about seventh time, and uh, I just get more relaxed every service I'm in. Didn't you find that a presence? Like, First service were all like this, and by the last service, you're all thawed out and loosed up and set free and healed. A lot of people got healed at the TLC Lounge. I just saw Brett Linder over at at, uh, Silverwater and uh, told him we are now going to install that TLC Lounge as a healing center as well at Presence next year so that we can send people up there to get healed. And uh, that'll be amazing. And we'll get testimonies in church because sometimes it takes a while to get for that healing to come through. And so in the main services, it may be a little challenging. But if we got that happening up there, that'll be uh, magnificent. Well, uh, this morning, we started a a series called Relationships because it's Mother's Day next week. And in this month, we concentrate on the whole topic of of relationships, of the need for you and me to get along with each other. So this morning uh, and last night... uh, I talked uh, around the area of, uh, of Jesus' great commandment, the golden rule, and that's where we're going to start tonight. Uh, I wandered into, for quite a, a, a period of time, into the world of marriage, uh, and uh, I'm not planning on going there tonight, uh, even though it's really instructive and, and kind of helpful, because I realize that probably most of us here are not married, but it's good to get to know what It's in store for you, amen, Uh, when you do. So let's go to the passage in Galatians chapter five and verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in this one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can you say that with me? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, and here's the golden rule that Jesus brings out in Luke six, verse 31. Whatever you want, others to do for you. Luke 6, verse 31. They've got a different trend. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. New King James Version. I don't know what version I've got in here, but it says, therefore, whatever you want people to do to you, do also to them. Same concept. Golden rule for living. Now, the fact is that... uh, Relationships are not an optional extra for human life. They're an absolute imperative. You cannot exist in this life properly without being in relationship with another person or people. That's why church is so vital to your healthy human condition, your spiritual condition as well. But even the emotional nutrition that every human being needs only comes from a face-to-face meeting with other people. There's an impartation that happens when you get together. I mean, uh, I know we're online and you can watch us live streaming. I was watching the services come over here, watching uh, uh, the buyers do their thing uh, so well uh, tonight on stage, bouncing around, being kind of very cool. I wish I was sort of like that, but you know, anyway, we're will grow up one day and be like these guys. Amen. They did such a fantastic job tonight. Give them a big hand, would you? And, uh, thank them. Uh, you know, uh, so relationships, getting along with each other is is a matter of intentionality. Saying to myself, I am going to actually really get along with the people in my world. Now, some people have that. That sort of natural ease of relating to others, and some don't. They're kind, of, kind of awkward. And uh, I, don't, I don't know whether I'm fully believing in the words unconditional love. It depends which day of the week you ask me on. Uh, you know, on one day I sort of do, then on another day, it seems like there are people who are just working as hard as they can to make me hate them. And... Uh, and and they're just doing everything to, and, and then you move from, uh, I, you love them because they're them and they're beautiful, you move to, you love them in spite of who they are. And both gears are in, should be in the Christian gearbox, so that you can shift gear from, you love people because they're just it's so easy to love, just lovable. But then you meet the other guys and they're kind of not. And you move to loving them regardless of what their behavior is like. And, and so the word love dominates scripture. It's God, motivation, his whole motivation is love. In fact, the Bible says God is love. That's what he is. And so when you've got God in your life, you got love in your life. And I know that love has all kinds of uh, meanings and shades of meaning through the media and through our own understanding of what it's all about. But there's a love that comes from God that's meant to fill our hearts and guide us in all of our relationships with each other. Having said these two massive statements that Jesus is calling you and me to not just have this independent from other people Christian life. In fact, I think that that's absolutely impossible for you to say, i got this personal relationship with Jesus but I don't really relate to anybody else in the kingdom. You can't, you can't do that. Because when you receive Christ into your life, you receive all his friends. And I know that's a horrifying feeling sometimes because it's, it's like getting into the ark and you wish there were no animals in there, but there are. And all these brothers and sisters that have you know, different personalities, Brother Hammer and Sister Saw and uh, Auntie Scissors. They're they're just all around us, and they do things in fellowship to make you modify your behavior, hopefully to become more Christ-like. And so our life becomes full of responses to the way people are actually behaving towards us, and those responses need to be born of the Spirit of God. And the Lord is always working on you and me by the kind of people he puts in our lives. And you might have prayed, I mean, you came out here one night on an altar. You said, God, I so need to be more patient. Well, that was a stupid prayer, wasn't it? Because now here's this aggravating person in your life every day. And you're getting more and more upset with them. But God is wanting to actually get you to become intentional about making that relationship work. And Here's the thing. All of us affect one another. We put emotions in each other's lives. Sometimes they're negative, sometimes they're positive. I mean, you're driving to work and some guy is beeping on his horn because you look down at the floor and you were half a second long on the green light. He's going, he's wanting, and he passes you, pulls out, and you wave out like this. No Hawaiian waves. And, uh, he passes you, but you're aggravated, and it, and it sort of upsets you. Just one little second like that, and you're off, you're off your your game. And so you walk into the and the secretary's there, and she looks a little dishevelled, and she just arrived a bit late. And you sit down there and get on with your job. And so she picks up the phone and she yells at a customer. and "What do you want?" So now your attitude is affecting your personal economy. It's affecting your job. It's a, it start affect your world however if the person saw you trying to get into a lane of traffic and they say hey go go for your life you know you're feeling good they put some uh, some good feeling in you you walk and you see your secretary late you say oh it's okay you know like you're good she's talking to her boss and hey you know to her customers and it's all right everything's gonna be our well you know we'll fix that up so everything you know one thing leads to another you feed emotions into other people's worlds and you got to understand this that emotions and feelings I'm more powerful than logic. I know we don't believe that, but that's, that's the truth. People don't take their own life because they, oh, this would be logical. They're overwhelmed with feelings. You know, uh, a guy goes into uh, a motorbike shop and he says, oh, God, I got to have that motorbike. It's emotion. But when he gets home, he's got to use logic to tell his wife, Amen. I saved so much money on this bike. It was going on sale, you know? Now, girls, you got to love me, because I did not say, I didn't talk about shoes and handbags and coming home and hiding them in the cupboard, you know, or anything like that. But we, we establish justification for emotional, emotionally motivated actions in our life with logic after the fact. Well, that was a long statement, but it'll fit on a Twitter. And... Uh, <coughs> That's the deal. You've, you've, got to, you've got to understand that people's feelings are powerful. And in the church, you can't hurt people's feelings or wound people's feelings and, and ignore it. And sometimes people will do it. They, they're itching to be cruel or to express some kind of negative emotion they got. And they will try and justify it with a statement like, at least I am being honest. Look, just don't be. Why do you want to live at the least level anyway? Go to the highest level. Love overlooks faults. It doesn't have to repeat all the negatives back to a person about how bad they've been. And these sorts of areas, because just that is going to put a feeling in them about you. that doesn't help the situation. So when we start to think about relationships, it actually takes work to make relationships work. And that emotional work is sometimes not saying things that you really feel like saying. And sometimes it's saying things that you don't want to say to build other people up. So when we break down this whole world of loving one another and making relationships work, Paul the Apostle comes into the New Testament and the other writers, but mostly Paul, with a lot of scriptures that have the words one another in it. There's between, it depends which translation you're reading, but it's between like 40 and 50 one another's in the New Testament. And they're all about us, how we interconnect with each other and make those relationships successful so that we actually guard those things. Because I got to tell you, the reason most people will stop following Christ is because they get offended. Something happens in a relationship that just blows them away. And the devil gets in there, ruins that relationship makes their heart toxic with bad attitudes. And then they start to judge everybody after the same manner. So looking after our relationships, I would say 90% of new Testament teaching is about that. Just making sure that we're actually caring for one another and making sure that we're making it through life. Now, now listen here, hear this, the, there's a lot of teaching in motivational, uh, situations and in material about relationships that promise you that, if you do this, this is going to happen back. If you invest in this person, then you're going to find that this happens back. But I've got to tell you, it doesn't always happen. We should do these things that we're talking about here simply because Jesus has told us to do them. Regardless of the result that we get. Regardless of whether there's any benefit in it for us. You know, you have uh, sort of networking conferences or networking evenings. I've never been to one. I will never go to one. God bless you if you go to them. That's fine. You know, i got no problem. But it just feels creepy to me that I'm going along there to hook up with a person that's going to be a benefit to my business and to our, our world. I don't want to see people as potential money sources for my life. I want to see people as beautiful human beings made in the image of God that I have a duty to love them. Uh, regardless of what's going on in their world. And that applies to my evangelism as much as it does to any business situation. I don't think I need to look at everyone, oh, they're a potential member of the church or a believer. They're people who need to be loved, who need the love of God towards them, and I should love them because God has told me to care about them. So all of us need to be thinking, you know, like there are people all around us all day long which is aching for somebody to recognize that they are here on earth and to respect them. It is so simple to win people in life. So simple. But it's also so simple to lose people in life. So Paul goes through a whole bunch of uh, teaching throughout the New Testament telling us how to actually create great relationships in our world. All right, so I want to... uh, I, I, I mentioned a couple of these this morning, but I want to uh, just start where I left off this morning and, and move into further ones that we didn't, we didn't mention today. So in Romans 14, 13, it says, let us not judge one another anymore. That's interesting because that's like, it's a normal practice for you, but let's not do it anymore. And that would be good if tonight you just made a commitment to actually remove the big log. Because most of us in this room have got a huge log. I don't know if you met Johnny Log whenever he walks in the building, dark. Because he's just, don't like that. Oh, yeah, look at that. You only need to go down some of the haters. Oh, it's unbelievable. Why did he take seven minutes to say that? Oh, did you hear he said that little thing? I mean, just how tiny can you get about been critical, And what kind of brain is like that? I'm feeling sorry for these people. Oh, did he, he put the words like this? It's like when Jesus was here, they're watching him to catch a word out of his mouth. Just put one foot wrong and we got you. What is wrong with that whole world? You got to move out of that and become a bigger person. Don't feed on that stuff. It's like, please, let us not judge one another anymore. And I know most of us feel like we don't have prejudices. But you know, uh, and I talk to me, you got any prejudices? No, I'm not prejudiced. But if I say the word car salesman, people go, whoa, a politician or Julia Gillard or, you know. And suddenly we've got all kinds of feelings in this room. Yeah, and we thought we'd, we weren't we're not prejudiced like we think we are. But sometimes we've got some judgments in our mind about other people. And Jesus said, judge not. Let it all go. People, we don't need to judge anybody. God's got one day for judgment. It's called the great day of judgment. (laughs) One day, that's it. He doesn't even like doing it. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge anybody. How unbelievable is that? He looks at you and he doesn't judge you. And here's the thing. You know, from my point of view, uh, I, I call it evil surmising. Uh, you know, like when I find myself in that zone, because I can be preaching, and it can be somebody up there going like this. I go, Oh man, he doesn't like me, and I'm starting to not like him. You know, it's like, What's he even doing in church? For goodness sake, if he hates it that much, you know. And by, the, by the end of the night, he's like this, like this. and I go and meet him up and say, Hey, how are you? How'd you go tonight? He says, Oh, it's great. Awesome service. I left my glasses at home. I couldn't see the words on the, on the board. Ah, how many times have you done that? You got it so wrong. You reached a conclusion. You jumped and landed on the, wrong, on the wrong dot. And the wisest thing is not to judge anybody at all. I knew a person in our church many years ago. And I've heard of the situation in another church where a young man met a girl, had a baby, married her, looked after her, said, would you marry me? And decided to adopt the child. But you see, judging people looked on and said, oh, they have to get married, eh? Wasn't wasn't like that at all. It was exactly the opposite. And none of us should own any heart of judgment about other people because we'll find our tongue wrapped around some very good people standing before the throne of God. I says unwrap that tongue today, would you? I'm in some situations defending people who sometimes haven't done the smartest thing, or still, but I think everybody needs somebody to stand with them. So even when you might be right in your judgment, Jesus still says, don't judge, don't judge, leave it to God. People have asked me sometimes, is my grandfather going to hell because of you know he was like this and that, trying to trap me or something? I said, I'm not the judge. I can't tell you who's going to heaven or hell. It's not my heaven or hell to tell people I get in. I got no judgment about that. All I'm here to do is to love people, tell them about the love of God for their lives, how he died for them, and try and usher them into an eternal life that'll be absolutely incredible. Now, kiss me when they get there. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's what you and I are called to do. All right. So let's not... Put any stumbling block in in other people's lives. Okay, Uh, accept people in your world. Romans 15 verse 7. Therefore receive one another just as Christ has also received us to the glory of God. Rejection would be at the heart of most most every deep problem that's in people's lives. The devil is furious because he was rejected. Rightfully so. However, there is wrongful rejection and unnecessary rejection that people feel, and you never want to do that. I have, I have a thing about me where I just like I like getting lots of people up on the stage and I like including people in the, in the party. You know, come on in and hang out here. But there are some people who, once they're on the stage, they're sitting there thinking, why is he, why are those people up on the stage? Or we get into a kind of a, a privileged zone in a, in a meeting and you know i invite some people and say hey come on in and they come in and they, oh they're cool in here and then i'll say small people why don't you come in and they go why why are you letting them in but we got in because of inclusion into the kingdom of god when well, i shouldn't have been included i've never been worthy of being included in the kingdom of god but he let me sit at his table for goodness sake now he's let me sit at the right hand of the throne of heaven how can I exclude or refuse anybody else in my world? I've known people who have a relationship and they're protective of it. And I said, "Can I just meet your friend?" Go, "Oh, I'm not, not so sure." And literally closed the door and said, uh, "Look, uh, we'll see about later, you know." And I think, boy, that's that's so sad because you think that holding on to that relationship is going to keep you tight with that guy and not involve others. All the friends you've got, you should introduce people to them, accept one another, open the doors for other people, let them meet them, and don't be jealous if they get along real well, foster other relationships, introduce people to other people, they will value that more than anything in the world, I remember when Andrew Evans, who was the leader of the Assembly of God in, in, uh, in Australia, who was on Dr. Cho's board many, many years ago, uh, he said, he, and I'd prayed. I'd say, God, I would like to have a relationship with Dr. Cho, pastor of the largest church in the history of the world. And, uh, and I, it was crazy prayer. And uh, and Andrew Evans was sitting in one of the board meetings. He was on that board as the leader of the Assembly of God in the And he said to Dr. Cho, you need to have Phil Pringle come on this board. And so they sent me an invitation. And I'll be forever grateful to Andrew Evans for opening a door into a world that I could never get into unless somebody actually did that. Now there were a couple of other guys on that board that I said to them, can you give me an introduction sometime? Never heard a pe- another word about it. I want to talk about it. I won't tell you who they were, but here's the thing. If you've got access into people's worlds that others could benefit from, pour them into that. Say, come on in there. You know, let me introduce you to these people, <laughs> accept people in your world. Amen. Okay, welcome, people. Romans 16, verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. This is kind of an awkward one, isn't it, really? Uh, we kind of have kissing, sort of like, you know, you meet a, the right kind of lady, sort of, you know, for a guy to go, hi, hi. You've got to get the motion right because <laughs> suddenly you, you can... Get some near misses on that one, you know, like whoop daisy you know, just both went right instead of right and left. And and guys, you know, it kind of doesn't really work, handshake, hug, but here's the thing. If you take kiss in the metaphorical way, it's like kiss them when you meet them with your heart, with your spirit, let the sun shine all over them. Kiss those people when you meet them and greet people. I, I talked about this last night in the Saturday night meeting. I got quite a way, long way through that, that message. And, uh, and I got convicted because sometimes I'm sitting down doing things on a computer or doing things and somebody walks in the room and I don't take notice of them. And so I, I convicted myself. I thought I got to greet people when they come in the room, stand up and say, hi, so good to see you. Or just acknowledge them when they come in. Don't ignore people when they come in the room. Somebody did that to Jesus and he rebuked them. Simon the Pharisees, you didn't wash my head and, you know, my hands. You didn't greet me at the door or give me a kiss. This woman's come in and washed my feet and she's greeted me. There should be a little courteous ceremony whenever people come into our world that we just take might be a couple seconds and we say hi and kiss them. Welcome. It's so good to have you around. And And, it, and you know, if I... If people are going to enjoy meeting me, i got to enjoy meeting them. And honestly, you will make more friends in two years by being interested in them rather than trying to get them to be interested in you. And if you think, wow, tell me all about your day. Now, I did this thing this morning on marriage where we're talking about his needs and her needs and his needs are actually exactly the opposite to his, her needs. So it's very, can be a very frustrating experience if you don't know that and you aren't prepared to put the work in. But one of the things in a, in a, in a woman's world is intimate conversation. She wants you guys, she wants you to talk. I don't know what that about, but you know, it's like, I said, g'day. G'day. What else do you want? A conversation? You know, it's like they want to. They said, like, what's going on? And then I, I I know some guys are going to go home all excited and inspired by this morning's message. They're going to say something like, "Hey, babe, how was your day? Tell me all about it." (laughs) She will, and. (laughs) Oh, for, for a guy that can be like root canal therapy, it's like, oh, uh, you got to listen to it. A guy has uh, 26,000 words a day, he says. Women have 33,000 words. He's probably done his 25,400 just during his workday. She's still got 33,000 to go when you come home. <laughs> Intimate conversation for a guy means listening, amen. But she would like you to talk. I don't know it's hard, but, but that's it. Successful relationships is giving others what they want. That's the golden rule. It's not me giving you what I want to give you. So at Christmas time, I know you like jazz, but because I like country and western, I'm going to buy you a country and western album. That's not, that's not a building relationship. That's you forcing what you like on somebody else. And you might think, no, they should like it. What are you doing? You know, think about them. And when you are interested in their life and looking after their needs, you're going to find that the relationship grows and builds. You may not get it why a woman wants to be cuddled for five minutes in marriage, I'm talking. Why she wants affection without it leading to sex. You may be, that may mystify a guy. Boy, we sort of took a real bend in the corner then, didn't we? You know, but. I understand that. And I realize how awkward it feels in here right now, but, you know, let's just lean into the awkwardness a little. And uh, the thing is, a girl just wants some affection without it needing to go anywhere. Contrary to all the movies, that if there's a kiss, you know, it's just going to lead to the bedroom. But it doesn't have to. And a girl would like to know that it's not going to go there. uh, He likes me just... For who I am rather than what I can get. Yeah, I know it's gone quiet. And... Just look straight ahead. Don't look at him. Yeah, look look straight ahead. Yeah. Okay. Back to welcoming people. Let's come up out of there. Huh? Oh, breathing again. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. You need to get this morning's deal. Yeah. I was going to say tape, but you don't laugh. All right. <laughs> Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. All these one another's. Serve one another. So this is like uh, when you're at somebody's house and you're having, they're having you over for dinner. When you're finished, you not know, say, oh, that was great. See ya. Help them clean up. And make it better than it was when you walked in. Say, well, how can I help? What can I do? Pack away dishes, you know, clean them all up. Help each other. Serve each other. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I am a servant. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. When you... When you arrive at the door, help them with the meal. Have a plate in your hand. Have, have some, you know, like a, a cake, if, if it's appropriate, a bottle of wine or whatever. And you know, you're, you're there and it's. and if you're, the, if you're the host, don't take the cake and say, oh, that'll be great for tomorrow, we'll eat that. You know, and put it in the fridge and then bring out bread sandwiches. It's like serve each other, serve one another. Be a blessing to each other. Connecting you now. A connect group. Turn up with something in your hand. Just say, hey, you know maybe this will help the flow of fellowship. All right. Ephesians 4.2. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, bearing up with one another, put up with painful people. The EGR crowd, extra grace required. (laughs) And they are not few. There's plenty of them to go around. And in fact, some people are cool in some circumstances, but then not cool in others. And it's kind of, it's awkward, it's difficult, it's challenging. They might not be a talker, and you are, or... You don't understand why they smell like they do, or. I had, you know, uh, I was in a church in my early Christian life, where I felt the Lord was calling me to be a pastor and be a leader. And there's one guy in church who I just avoided every every Sunday because Chris loves these kind of guys, but I I sort of don't, and uh, or didn't. I've been transformed and. Uh, this guy was an unusual guy. He's very eccentric. He had a bowler hat and uh, uh, would come into church. And he, he, he couldn't bath. He just had an aversion to bathing. So he hadn't had a bath for, like, years. And there's this huge, like, black head like, little pits in his, his face that he could have... I felt like squeezing them, you know, just a... boo. <laughs> uh, the yellow ones on his nose and... Just, just gr- kind of greasy, you know. Scared. And when he spoke, he spoke sort of like, uh, uh, "So you got the weather, not the news." There was you know, lots, lots of spitting, and I, I, I just wasn't coping. <laughs> I, I, and I'd make, and and then, the Lord so convicted me. he said you need love, love this guy. So oh God. Do you, you love him? And he said, Yeah, I do. And I said, oh, how about he cleans up before I get to love him? You know, <laughs> Look, loving him before that happens is, is what you do. You know, uh, we had another guy similar to that that Chris had gotten. and She said, Okay, you come with me. She took him to our house and put him in the bathroom and said, Have a bath, get in the bath. And he got he got in the bath, okay, and we stood outside, stood outside, stood outside, and couldn't hear anything. Chris walked in there an hour later, and he was standing up in the bath. He said, I'm in the bath, yeah. She said, no, I need you to get in the water in the bath. Uh, and, she, you know, he had a he had undies on and, and that kind of thing, so it wasn't that bad. So Chris got in there and started popping and, you know, doing and scrubbing and all that. She did that. She said, that's... What she does. I call that love. And, and most of us have challenges with that sort of thing. But love will go there with the people that are difficult and challenging for a believer to love. We've had plenty of people sleep on our beds. Not our bed, our be- other beds in the house. <laughs> who, who are okay yeah (laughs) just challenging difficult and reaching out and helping people because you love them and you will find this is as good for you as it is for them because you build something into your character that God is wanting to place in every one of us okay I'm going to get to the last point this is my last point in Ephesians 4 verse 32, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. To one another's in one, one thing. Okay, forgiving one another. When I read that as a young believer, I thought, What are you talking about? We're Christians. We all love each other. I was, you know, I just loved the church, loved all the people. I mean, how naive could you be? Christians have got to forgive one another. Matthew 4, verse 4, 40, 5, 48 says, Be you perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. When I read that, I dropped the Bible. Boom. I said, I'm done. I can't do this life. You're saying, Jesus, you're saying to me, your follower, be perfect. Like God in heaven is perfect. Please. Who can do that? We're, we're all done. It's it ain't going to happen. So I thought I better figure out what this word "perfect" means. So I went, found out "pluie," complete, uh, the end of things, the finale, and, and then I looked through the discussion on the meaning of this word, and it means the ability to repair and adjust. It doesn't mean that you're without fault or that you're without flaw. It means that you have a capacity. To repair or adjust. So to repair a breach in a relationship involves two things. An apology and forgiveness. But when most people think sorry comes first. Actually forgiveness comes first. The way of the kingdom is to forgive before you've been apologized to. So that you create an environment in which the right kind of apology can come your way. Because if you are still in an accusing and condemning attitude, as a lot of people are, when the person finally does say, look, I'm sorry, you go, yeah, well, so you should be. But if you have already forgiven them before they come, they feel safe in that environment, and that is exactly the environment that God has created in sending Jesus, he has already forgiven us. The Father looking over the balustrade of his home has already forgiven you. So that you can come up the road as sorry as state as you like and say, Father, I've sinned. And you know he's not going to come rushing down the road with a shotgun to shoot you saying, get off my property, you young kid. I've disowned you. I've written you out of the will. No, he said, I've already forgiven you. I've been growing seven calves who've become cows and I've got one now ready for the party. I was always believing you're going to come through. What an atmosphere in which we can actually return into the arms of God. And all of us need to provide that for one another. Forgiving one another. Being tender hearted towards one another, not hard hearted, not cynical, not unbelieving about each other. And then the second part of that to repair. That's how you repair. Forgive and say, I'm sorry. The other part of that is to adjust. Maybe it's not a it's not a sin, it's not an offense. It's just a a clashing of timetables. I say, I need to be back at the office. My wife says, I want to do lunch. You know, I'd like to spend an hour with you for lunch. I go, oh, all right. Maybe I can delay it half an hour. Yeah, they've come all the way from somewhere, you know, out west. We can get it delayed half an hour. Okay, babe, we can get it half an hour, but maybe that's not lunch. Maybe that's coffee and a muffin. Okay, yeah, it's coffee and a muffin. So we make some adjustments. Rather than being, no, I'm not going to, I can't change. You've got to be flexible in any relationship for it to work. And it's astonishing because when it says, be perfect like God and heaven is perfect, God has even made adjustments according to people's prayers on earth. Astonishing. And you will find God moving in on people's lives, forgiving and repairing all the time. Our relationship with him. So, you know, just as I'm closing here tonight, before I, we wrap up our, our service here, I really want to ask for anybody here at all tonight who's never actually connected up with the Lord and accepted that forgiveness and said, okay, I would like the relationship with God. And you can do that. You can do that here tonight. I'd love you to do that. In a couple of moments, I'll just ask you to raise your hand and we'll pray for you. And it would be awesome here tonight for anybody who's never prayed a prayer saying God come into my life to raise their hand and say that's what I want or if you've been away from God and you you got you need to come back I love you also to raise your hand when I ask and we'll pray for you so can I ask everybody just to close your eyes right across this auditorium and if that's you right now and you're saying Phil I, I don't know God I've not prayed that prayer I would like to pray the prayer Or if you're saying, I've been away from God. I need to come back. I want to get right. Right now, wherever you are in this building, right now, while everybody's just in a prayerful state, if you've never done that, would you just raise your hand for me quickly right now? Thank you, sir. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.